0: Hey, welcome everyone to this edition of Unfiltered Stories. My name is Saurabh Gupta, and I lead our global research and advisory services at HFS. And with me, I have a very special guest today, and possibly an even better friend, uh, Abhishek Abhishek Mittal, who is the global head for data and analytics and operational excellence at Walters Glover. Welcome, welcome Abhishek.
1: Hey Saurabh, hope you're doing
0: well. I am and hope you are as well. Yeah. <laughs> so so Abhishek, I know, uh, first of all, congratulations. I know you were recently granted a patent for some of your work around machine learning. But before I ask you more about that, tell us a little bit about your background and how you actually got involved in this whole field of artificial intelligence and data science.
1: Yeah. No. Uh- Thank you, Saurabh, for the question. Of course, from my educational background perspective, I'm a computer science engineer and I have a degree in management, master's degree in management. But in one of my earliest jobs, uh, I got a chance to create a data management strategy and execute that for a direct marketing business in a financial institutions. So that really triggered my passion in data. As part of that job, it, it was a lot about understanding where the data comes from, creating derived variables, and then also enabling model scoring for our direct marketing business. So that was a very good foundation for a career in data. And post that, I sort of built my career around data and how we can use data and insights to help, whether do line management decisions, commercial underwriting, uh, and most recently improving our core fulfillment and compliance operations. So I think that, that, that's basically how I got into data science it was more about uh, and the the key learning that i've had is whether it's if you have to build a good model you have to understand the data first right and w- what behavior it's capturing because if you know that you can build the right features and then building the model is actually a very sim- simple technical process but understanding the data and what's it telling you i think that's a very unique insight and if you have that you could be a good data scientist in my view
0: yeah now we've been We've been talking to our clients and we we just say data is your strategy now <clears throat> you know if you if you don't have control over your data then i think everything else sort of starts to fall apart around it so so tell me tell me a little bit more about this patent uh, and, and what were you trying to what's the business problem that you were trying to solve this this sounds pretty exciting
1: yeah um so one of our businesses is it helps customers meet their legal spend management. So it's a we provide a legal and matter management uh, platform. So billions of dollars of legal spend goes through these platforms. So all, all the major corporations in U.S. they manage their le- outside counsel spend through this platform. So of course the platform has provided a lot of efficiencies, and they've converted the paper processes into digital over the last 20 years. But there was one big pain point which the customers had, which is how do we know that this spend which is going through is compliant? And typically in the past people have used rules engines or manual review of sample data to identify the compliance. The challenge with those processes or those techniques were they're not scalable or they were not that effective, right? So this problem came to us uh, about a few years ago and uh, we said this is a perfect use case for AI. There's a lot of volume of data And it is also historically labeled data. So we can build some supervised machine learning algorithms by studying the historical patterns. So that's what we did. We leveraged our data that we had in our platforms, nearly $150 billion of legal spend, uh, as well as our domain expertise in the space, and then the data science expertise to build a recommendation engine model, which basically predicts for each invoice line whether this spend is compliant as per the guidelines of the customers or not. And it identifies the compliance reason. And it also recommends in, to our law firms what action they need to make it compliant. So that created an immense value for the entire chain. And I think we've uh, done this for nearly five years now, and it has created millions of dollars of uh, savings and compliance opportunities for our customers.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So, so you've been, you've been at this and tell me if i'm wrong with with walter's Kluber for for almost 10 years now right ah uh, right. right how's that been you know within within those 10 years what what do you think were your top two or three biggest achievements for not just for you personally but for your group what tell us a little bit more about this this whole journey
1: yeah no 10 years uh, have gone by quite quickly <laughs> And uh, if I had to think of one you know top one, the biggest achievement, I think it would be all about gaining the trust and uh, buy-in for our domain experts, because if you know a little bit about Walter it's it has a very rich history, 185- plus year- old company, a lot of content, a lot of domain expertise. So when I came in, of course, being an outsider at that point in time, it was very important to gain that trust. And uh, to sort of bring in these solutions to life, and so over the last ten years, I think I've, the biggest achievement we have had is we have been able to convert our sort of operations, which were primarily people and content driven, to now being become more machine aided, human expert driven operations. That's what we use internally, and uh, this is basically where our data and domain expertise together are being used to drive better decisions, whether these decisions are in a legal space or a compliance space. That's that's basically all of those decisions are now being enabled through this combination. And I think that's one of the biggest achievements that we've been able to do. Uh, if I have to pick one. Besides that, I think uh, the only other thing I would like to add is it's been a journey. So you obviously start with improving what you do first. So that's where we started. And we did a lot of improvement of our core processes. And then as we did that, we saw an opportunity to, okay, now can we improve create these wrappers around our core products so we were able to increase the value proposition of our core products and then as we did that then the next step was we were able to create these new solutions which are totally new data products and now are growing very rapidly in our market so I think it's been a very good journey from starting with improve to wrap to then create of new solutions so that's that's been the journey and we are still on it
0: so it it i'm I'm sure it won't be a piece of cake, right? Uh, there will be, you know, there are so many issues, not just technological issues, but, you know, you you talked about something on gaining trust internally, but also you, I'm sure you would have had to gain trust externally with your clients and customers mm-hmm. on, um, you know, there are technical issues around things around bias in AI. Um, you, you know, there are, you know, should be actually do this or not? From a customer, there's always a risk perception of right. this, and and then even from you know an employee perspective, uh, you mentioned that you're a 185 year old company and you've been doing things in a way, and now suddenly here's this new data science guy who's coming in and changing everything. Tell us a little bit more about you know you talked about two or three great successes but what have been the two or three you know war wounds that you're still carrying on your back
1: <laughs> yes uh, no obviously uh, i think uh, one of the first questions i got in from one of the general managers of the business when i joined was will analytics ring my bell i was like okay <laughs> so it's will it basically get me get the sales done for our business and it, the answer was legit because they know this business much more than i do at least at that point in time and it's working well. The company was solid. How, why, why should we do analytics? It's, so I think that was the foundational question in, uh, 10 years ago, at least when we joined. And I think it's, that's why, you know, instead of going into this big capability building thing, right, That, oh, let me tell you, you know, here are the most advanced algorithms. We need to invest in a big data warehouse or big data lake. Or, and we have to invest in this big machine learning platform. We didn't start with that we started with use cases we said okay let's understand what are the problems, what are what are you doing on a day to day basis and what, where can we help there so that was our first approach focus more on use cases focus uh, so we decided with very basic things which is help let's help you improve your sales can we help you identify where where you are hunting versus farming can we understand your segmentation help you understand do better segmentation and as we started doing that then people realize the value. Okay, yeah, these insights are really helping me do my current job better. And then as we graduated, then we realized that, okay, insights are not enough. We have to have the scale to execute those capabilities in our core operations. So that's why we started creating these compliance and fulfillment centers of excellence, where we bought our domain experts together and then really bought that expertise and infused it with these two skills. It's not just data science. We brought in also this, what I internally call it, translators. These are people with process engineering skills or design thinking skills, because sometimes the data science and the domain experts do not talk the same language. right? And it's it, that infusion was important. So we brought these translators, people who could really look at a process, identify what are the pain points, what are the opportunity areas, and really bring these three skills together. I think that really helped us right? sort of bringing these three skills together to then create a perfect solution, right? Because otherwise the data scientists are talking a very different language than the domain experts are. So I think some of those things really helped us to bring uh, change management. And I think one other thing that we did is we really clarified the role of the domain experts, especially in, you know, people think of technology uh, solutions and in that, you know, a domain expert will come in, maybe the initial phase of requirement and then testing, and that's it, right? They are not really involved in majority of the other steps. But in a AI and a data science problem, the domain experts are actually right there in the from the beginning, right? Because they have we need their help in labeling the data, understanding the uh, sort of when the model gets scored in the validation side. And more importantly, when the model is in production on a regular basis, that feedback to improve the model. The domain experts plays a very important role. So what we did was we created these combined teams of where the digital uh, also data scientists and the da- domain experts are actually part of the same organization with joint accountabilities. I think that really helped because the data si- the domain experts didn't feel that this is a change being to them. They actually felt the change is being driven by them. And I think that really helped in the long run. Initially, uh, we didn't do that and we quickly pivoted to make sure that that happens. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. So, so let's look beyond um, Walters Clover for, yeah. for a minute, um, Abhishek. And, you know, we've been talking about machine learning and deep learning and artificial intelligence in practically every conversation, right? I, I call it the buzzword bingo, right? There, there's no conversation where you don't have these, these things thrown around.
1: Right.
0: Um, and you've been at it for more than 10 years, right? And do you do you think AI as a technology has delivered on its expectations and why or why not?
1: Yeah, Sorab, you're perfectly right. There's a lot of popular press and has created inflated perceptions, at least if not expectations, on what AI can do, right? It's like the magic magic wand. And I feel it's all about, you know, the use case, right? What, what expectations you're setting, what problems you're selecting for AI. Because if you are, for example, thinking that uh, in my space, I will talk about, let's say we have like hundreds of contracts or thousands of contracts, and you want AI to process all these different types of contracts, extract 70 fields from each contract, which are written in different language, different uh, formats, and then have 100% accuracy for each of those fields. That I think is the setting up for failure and the wrong expectation from an AI problem. But if you are thinking that, okay, I have 100,000 documents to review and I have a capacity of only 22,000. And which are those 22,000 documents that I should process first so that I have the maximum likelihood of whatever risk that you're trying to minimize or op- optimize? That's a very good use case for AI because that can really help AI. That's where AI can you know give you superior results, things that have that kind of prioritization uh, in our space. I think that's really, that's so my in my experience, the challenge has been that there's so much popular press people think AI can do a lot of things. and as data scientists or leaders for data teams, it's very important to actually actively first talk about the problem and which problems it can work. because other, other example, extreme examples is people have like people are doing 20 transactions a day and they want to do AI. It's not yeah. worth if you're doing 20 transactions a day. Uh, and use AI, right? It's a statistical process. There are obviously going to be errors, so I think that education and awareness uh, with your business partners is key to make sure that the perceptions and expectations are set properly. Yeah, so that's okay. no
0: uh, Abhishek. I think this was a this was a fantastic conversation. But before I let you go, mm-hmm. what's next for you? Right? What are you What are you currently working on? What What should we expect in the next one or two years?
1: Yeah, no. So our biggest strategy is to, as I said, continue scaling our machine aided uh, expert based solutions. And then the other thing that we do is growing our expert solutions. So let me define a little bit of what expert solutions is. Expert solutions for us is to provide actionable outcomes to our customers using our content domain expertise and technical skills. So that's something that we want to do more and more of. And we have started, but uh, there's a lot more opportunities to do in that space. And uh, besides that, yeah, that's uh, we are doing a lot of interesting work in regulatory obligation management space for our financial customers. So that's very interesting. Uh, but overall, in, if I have to say in like three words, grow expert solutions.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's great, Abhishek. I think, I think your insights were very, very practical. And I, I think that's what sometimes is, at least in my opinion, is missing. And the narrative today is that we keep talking about technology, but we, meet, we miss the you know people, process, culture elements of of it. And you remember with the, the oldest competency framework that we learned in our high school was people, process, right. technology, right? Mm-hmm. And those were three circles that uh, that sort of intersected in a Venn diagram. And what I remember is those three circles were equal. Right. And what has happened over the last decade is that the technology bubble has become so big uh, that we've forgotten a little bit about the people and process. And I think your your conversation sort of uh, tried to bring an equilibrium to those three. So that was that was really good. Uh, So thanks a lot again for your time, uh, Abhishek, and uh, wish you all the best.
1: Thank you, sir.